Okay, we are doing Daflam, and we're starting from the bottom of Chavtas and Beis. We're talking about different sizes of foods uh, that can be used for an Arab. So the halacha is that a person needs to use Muslim Sheh Sudas, the amount of food that is for two meals. But we've said already, that's a little bit unclear. What does it mean, the, the food that is for two meals? So the Gemara tells us some of the specific rules here. Amar Yudah, Amar Kushu, lift on anything that's a lift on. A lift on is something that you don't eat itself, and you have to really put yourself into the Gemara's times, like uh, Mediterranean kind of cuisine here, where everything's with bread. So, if it happens that it's a lift on a lift and it's something that accompanies bread, it's not usually eaten just alone, then you don't need the amount that, that you can make a full meal out of with, the, with this food, this lift on. You just need the amount that usually would accompany bread at two meals. So that's a big, big leniency. So, let's say you have something like a dip that accompanies bread. So, you don't need to make two full meals out of your dip. You just need to use the amount of dip for the Arab that would usually be at two meals that have bread. Um, but if it's not a type of thing that you eat with bread, let's just something that you eat straight up, then you have to have enough of it that you would eat two whole meals just from it. So now we get some examples. Let's say you have raw meat. If it's used for the air, you have to have two full meals, two full meals from the raw meat because you don't use raw meat, you don't eat raw meat together with the bread itself. Now it seems like it's very strange in general that the raw meat uh, is acceptable for an air. Like you, you'd be surprised by that because it's not really prepared food. Or we know that like Arab has to be a prepared food. So it seems like that it was possible to eat the raw bread. And in fact, it was um, it was sometimes done by some some people described already the Gemara Numa, these Babylonians sometimes would eat, uh, suck on the raw meat. Okay, bus out sleep. You have roasted meat, Rabba and Then it's, Rabba says it has to be well, meaning that you'd eat it together with bread, so a smaller amount. According to Rabbi, you eat it with bread. Enough meat that you'd eat two full meals from it. So ultimately, the machlokas between Rabbi and Rabbi Yosef boils down to a very simple point. Is roasted meat usually eaten with bread? If it's usually eaten with bread, that's Rabbi's opinion, so then you could use less, just the amount that you would eat at two meals with bread. Whereas if you go like Rabbi Yosef, then you're going, uh, that it's not usually eaten with bread, so then you're going to need enough to make two full meals Two full meals out of the uh, meat itself. Um, Rabbi Yosef, you know, Rabbi Yosef says, "Where do I know this from?" Because Tani um, Parsai, because the Parsam, the Persians, Achli Tavki blow Nama, they eat roasted meat without any bread. So if that's the way the Persians do it. So we see that it's considered normal, and uh, therefore the Arab has to have a larger amount, the amount that that to make two full meals just out of the bread. What the Persians are most of the world. So how are they how are they telling us what the what the minog is? How to how do we look at them as dictating what's normal in the world? Just because they do it like that, but maybe other people do it with bread, so maybe less meat would suffice. And, they go, so, and Abai says, and just continuing that what one group of people do does not necessarily make the halacha for everybody. And we shouldn't look at what the Persians do as establishing the custom of the world. Because it says here, in the Brides here, we're talking about the size of a beged for Tumah. So it has to have a certain chashim. It's like the minimum size of a beggar. It's a big aniyim. The clothing of the poor people aniyim. That's for poor people. So poor people, you will use a cloth that's even just three etzbos by three etzbos. So we'll have the tumah if it's owned by a poor person. Even just a cloth that's three by three etzbos, which isn't so large, but if it's owned by a poor person, it can be makabel tumah because for him. And it has a din on the beggar, he would use it like that. Big but clothing for rich people, for people who could afford better, they will only use it if it's at least three by three tfachim, much larger amount. So that's the Kabul when it's in their possession, only by three by three by three tfachim, but not less. But 
it sounds like the, the clothing of, that, of, of wealthy people who owned by poor people doesn't have to be three talking by three talking become Tommy. In other words, we don't say such a thing. And you have, a, a, as long as the poor man owned the, um, as long as the poor man owned it, then it does not have to be three by three talking become Tommy. So anyways, what do we see from here? The bride says clear that the halacha for different types of people, it differs, right? You could have the halacha, this type of baguette, this type of person, this type of baguette, that type of person, it could depend who owns it. So, so too, what goes on in Persia, the Gemara is saying that they eat roasted meat, shouldn't now make the talacha, the rest of the people, the whole world, have to use such a large amount of meat. In Persia, where they eat meat by itself, not together with bread, okay, so then maybe you have to have enough bread to make a full meal out of it. But if everywhere else they eat the meat together with bread, so then maybe everywhere, everywhere else in the world, you can be lenient and get away with less meat, just the amount that would be eaten with bread at two meals. Maybe you're going to say, for Rav Yosef, that the pshad is, for Tumat it's a chumrah. Right? In other words, it ends up being a chumrah. In what sense is it a chumrah? That when a rich man's clothing is owned by the poor person, since the poor person can use it, even if it's only three by three, I suppose, so it can get uh, the tumma there. So that's a chumrah to say that we treat them differently. And we should say, we shouldn't allow the smaller amount. We should say, since the Persians eat it, since eat, Persians eat the meat by itself, you need to have the bigger amount of the Muslim shesuis coming just from the meat. So in other words, it's not a black and white issue. Do we say one the custom of one of one group of people establishes halacha for the world, or do we say only for them? It's not a black and white issue. We'll always be machmer on both ends. So it's not a problem to understand where Yosef's been. You need the bigger amount of meat because of the Persians, because he was saying it, but there And by the big Yashir Maniyam, that was a chumrah the other way. So you'll always just say lechumrah either way. But I'll show you that we don't necessarily just say lechumrah based upon the air of the issue, because Vatanya says in a bright saw, Rabban Shimon ben Elazar Omer, Ma'arvan lecholo zokin kimazoni. You make an air of for sick, an old person, according to how much he would eat. So he eats, an old person or a sick person eats less than a regular person. So he wouldn't need as much food than if a regular person was making an error. But for a person who eats more than most people, we don't make him have an of that is so suitable for him personally. We say that he could get around, he could get away with the meal of the average person. So what do we see? We see a kula that the old people are allowed to use less than the average person. And for the bigger person who eats more, we say he was allowed to use what's normal for most people. So we see that we're fakir, like we're always going lakula by ear. We say, if the smaller amount is what fits for you, good. If the smaller amount is what's the normal size, good. That's also good. So we see that by ear, we're not looking to be machmir. So now we go back to Revius's opinion. Revius's opinion was that, was that by meat, we say you need to have a lot of meat, the amount of meat that you make two full meals out of just when you're eating meat alone, because in Persia, the Persians eat meat alone, but that doesn't make sense. Even just since it's just the Persians, we shouldn't establish that as a halacha for everybody. Maybe you could say for the Persians, that's the halacha, but not for everybody. And don't suggest that we'll say a together of a chumrah, because we see by ear, if we don't say the, the chumras, we actually are looking to be lenient. And the chumrah says, kasha, it's a difficulty. We don't really know how to defend Rabbi Yosef. But it seemed to make a lot more sense that even though the Persians are eating the meat, even though the Persians are eating the meat all by itself, we should still be makele for most of the world and assume that the halacha is that um, that you only need to eat as much meat that's eaten together with bread at two meals. Okay, so now the Gemara is a kashim. We mentioned that Rav Shimon Lazar said in the Brisa that, that, that what's the size of the air? That for a person who eats so much, he doesn't have to make... Uh, the size that's suitable for him. You could get away with the average meal for, for that most people would eat. Is that really true about Tanya? But it says in a brisa. So here we're talking about the din of Tumas Hamesh. So when there's a Tuma and an OL, 
the halacha is when a corpse is in a house, so it's metami the whole house, but all the psachim, all the doors, the entrances, everything there also become tame. Why is that? Because of the fact that it could theoretically leave that. So if there are Pesach, which a Pesach is defined by being four by four, it's Vachim, it's Tameh. Let's say I have only one opening that's four by four, it's Vachim, and the rest don't, then only the one that's four by four will become Tameh. What's the idea? Because the, the dead body is going to go dakwa through that one. But if they're all less than four by four, they're all going to become Tameh because we don't know which one will become opened up. So now we're talking about what happens if there's a mammoth corpse, a corpse the size of Ogmela Chabasha. So as long as only one, one of the one of them is one of the openings is big enough for, for the corpse to pass through, then all the rest of them will be tar. So the time says in the price, if there's a dead body of Ogmel Chabashan, so the opening to save the rest of them from, from Tumah, that we're going to say only one opening is going to become Tame, and the rest of the openings of the house will still be tar, the opening has to be the size, like how big the corpse is. And not the regular four by four tzvachim because four by four tzvachim doesn't help for ogmelach habashim. We need a much larger shear. So in order for it to be saved from tuma, it's got to be that one of them is the size of the corpse. Then the rest of them will be saved. Uh, will be saved from becoming tummy because we're going to assume it's going to go out the larger one. So what do we see? So it seems like over here in the brayso that we determine the halacha based upon each person in their own specific situation. So we say that the corpse of ogmelach habashim is treated in halacha differently than, than other corpse. A regular corpse, you don't need it to be the size. In order in order for it to save the rest of Sachem, you don't need it necessarily to be the size of a mammoth thing. But for Omelech HaBashans, we're saying it does. So don't we see that the halacha vacillates between person to person? So so too, if you have a person who eats a ton, we should say that his Erev, to fit his appetite, should have to be much bigger. But by a Bible say it's not a good comparison. Awesome. In the case of the corpse, how are we gonna how are we gonna do it? What are we gonna cut up the body and take it out? So meaning it's a practical point. And if the, none of the openings here are big enough to let the corpse out, then you, you can't view any of them as being designated that that's the way it's going to go out of. So that's a practical point. It's a super practical point. The corpse has got to go out. So if the corpse is going to go out, we want to say, oh, it's destined to go out this one as opposed to this one, then practically that has to make sense. If it's not big enough to fit the corpse of Ogmel HaBashan, then we don't see it going out of uh, going out of that one. So then all the, what's going to happen is that one of the openings will be enlarged. We don't know which one. So then all of them will be tummy. In order for one opening to save the rest, we're going to have to see it suitable practically for for it to leave through that opening. Whereas opposed to here, in the case of the Eruv, the halacha is determined by what, what an average person would eat. We don't say that uh, that in order for it to be an Eruv, we need that the, 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 the person with the big appetite has to has to put the f- amount of food that he practically usually eats. Says the Gemara, Is there this opinion was always quoted from Shemar al-Lazar. He's saying, again, Shemar al-Lazar, that for, we always lean in. For an older sick person, they only have to use the amount of food suitable that they normally eat. And for a person who has a tremendous appetite, we're also making, we say he only needs to use the meal, meals that are the size for average person. So do the Rabbanon agree to this idea or not? So Tashma, let's learn in a bright. So it says, I'm sorry, from Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan, Oh, Melech HaBashan, Pesachal Ba'arba. When Oh, Melech HaBashan is in a house, so the exit is is, is by doorway, they see only four by four, Tzvachim. So that obviously disagrees with Rabbi Shimon Melazar was saying, then it must be a machlokas. So I'm sorry, it looks like the Gemara wants to know if they're abundant disagree with the other statement Shimon Melazar with their corpse. And that's what the Gemara is doing. It looks like they do. Because Rabbi Yochanan said that if, if there's an exit that's only four by four, it's fachim, that could be designated. That contradicts Rabbi Shimon Melazar, who's saying that no, in order for it to have a designated exit, it has to be the, that the, the, the size of the entrance is the size of the entire corpse. It clearly must be that Rabbi Yochanan is going with Rabbanan.
And uh, and then there must be a Rabbanan's opinion disagree with Rabbi Shimon Lazar. So the Gemara says, no, it's not a proof. And Rabbi Yochanan is talking about there are a bunch of small openings. They were all less than four by four. Then there's one opening that's four by four. Of course, you're going to have to enlarge the openings. But when you go to widen one of them, which one are you going to widen? You're going to, you're going to widen the one that's already bigger to begin with. So there Rabbi Yochanan says that if one of them is four by four, it's Fahim. And none of the rest of them are four by four tvachim. Then the one that's four by four tvachim will be the assumed one that will become enlarged to take out the corpse, and therefore none of the rest of them will become tamei. That's where the case that Rabbi Yochanan was talking about. But Rishon uh, Rulazar, Rishon was talking about a case where there's a bunch of stam wide openings, and it looks like one of them is open and the rest of them were closed. Or stam, the person doesn't yet want to take it out. There, Rishon Rulazar is saying that since all of them are big. We're not going to assume that one of them is going to be viewed as the designated door to, 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 to take out the Tumah unless it actually fits the size of the corpse. So we're referring to different things. Rabbi Yochanan was talking about a case where there was only one that was 4 by 4 and the rest of them were in 4 by 4 to begin with. There, Rabbi Yochanan is saying that even if the corpse is the size of Ogmelech we definitely see that the one that's 4 by 4 Tzvachim will become enlarged and that's the one that the corpse is going to go out of. That's Rabbi Yochanan's din. From Elazar's din, he's talking about a case where where it wasn't like that, where you actually, um, all of them were more than four by 12 before I talk. I mean, you're just trying to establish some designated door, and we're saying that can't be done unless you have one door that's the size of the corpse itself. Okay, continues the Gemara. With raw meat. With raw eggs. How many eggs are needed for two meals? Sinai, Amai, Sinai, Dez, Sinai is always Rav Yosef in the Gemara. Shtayim, you need two, uh, two eggs. Okay, so what did the Mishnah say? The Mishnah said, Someone who makes a nether that they're not going to have mazon, mazon and things that fills you up, it's mother for them to drink water. So the Gemara says, For the Mishnah, only salt and water are not called mazon. But everything else, make your mazon, everything else is called mazon. That's why the Gemara is saying, the, the Mishnah had said, that if somebody takes a nether, they're not going to have muslim. They put it with everything except for water and salt. So the Gemara asked, let me tell you, this is Shmuel, the Mishnah should reject Rav and Shmuel's opinion. Rav and Shmuel, now Shabbat, both Rav and Shmuel say, you can't make a bracha. Unless it's one of the five types of green. Right, the wheat, the barley, oats, spelt, and rye, the five types, you only make mizonos on that. Rav and Shmuel's opinion is that on, uh, on, 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 on rice, a person does not make mezonas. That's the, that, 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 that's the context where Rav and Shmuel were talking about there. So we see here from our Mishnah that other foods can be called Muslim, right? We're saying that only water and salt, only water and salt are excluded from Muslims. So how can Rav and Shmuel say? That that mizonos is only for the chamishis meaning dagon, but not for anything else. Here our mission contradicts that. So the gemara says below simba We've already refuted what they said in Barakos, The gemara rejects it. The gemara brings a raya that a rice you say mizonos even though it's not one from the chamishis aminim. So we've already rejected what they've said. So since we've already rejected, why do you have to reject what they say from another mishnah? So the gemara explains because let me tell No, I want to do it twice. It should be another rejection from here. And the point is because even if someone will come up with an answer for one refutation, the other refutation should still stand. So the Gemara answers, Amar Avuna, but Amar calls on a lie. There's actually not a cash. Our mission is not someone I was talking about. We're not talking about what the term of Muslim is. The person said, Kol Hazan, anything that fills up is usher to me. 
So the term muzon, muzon is something that fills a person, that strengthens the whole body. That's only that that that, that that's only some of the, the, the five specific um, meaning. But here a kol hazah, and here we're just talking about anything that would fill a person up, would satisfy their hunger. So that could be from anything. So it's a little bit difficult to understand the precise the precise difference in the terms. But muzon is something that's not that's not that it fills you up, but it's actually like starkens the body, it makes the body stronger. And that's the, there's a difference between filling your stomach and actually being mechazik, the body. That seems to be the line and the difference. So mazon, that not only fills you up, but strengthens the body. We're saying that's that's reserved for the chamesh yasmine dagon, according to Rabbi Shmuel. Our mission of kol hazon, anything that would fill up a person, a person will become can fill up their stomach with anything except with water and salt. So the Gemara still asks. And so it comes out, what are we saying here? That a person will fill up their stomach with... Anything that's not water or salt. We're just saying the term of mazon is reserved for the Chamesh's mini dog. So the Maras Ramachan, Ramachan said, I would go after Rabbi Yochanan to eat the fruits of Kenusa. The fruits of Kenusa were the most amazing fruits of Eretz Yisrael, often from the Safon. Kavina Ben Meir, we were 100 people with Rabbi Yochanan, he would take each one of us, he would give us 10 fruits. Uh, each one of us would take 10 fruits from him. So that's uh, 100 of us, 10 times 100, 1,000 fruits. Kevin and Be'asara, when there were 10 people were going with him, each one of us would take 100 fruits. So again, we get 1,000. The fruits were so big, every 100 of them wouldn't fit into a basket of three saw. Okay, so we're talking about big fruits. Rabbi Yochan would eat all of them, but Amar, he would say, I make a shvu'ah, I swear to the Tomli Zuna. I swear that I haven't tasted anything that's Zuna, that I'm not full, I'm not filled up from eating all these fruits. So what do we see? So we see that even other fruit things besides for water and salt do not necessarily fill a person up. So here we are saying that everything else besides water and salt fill a person up. They may not be Muslim that they strengthen the body, but they definitely could be a person could fill themselves up from anything except for water and salt. Here we see that even with fruits, these pairs of Kenusar, Rabbi Yochanan, did not feel like he was filled up. So the Gemara says, Ema Mazona, Rabbi Yochanan was full. Clearly he was full. He meant, I haven't had any Mazona, anything that term of Muslim. Remember the Muslim, which is not only detailed your stomach, but also strengthens your body. That specific term, that's only reserved for the Chamesh's mini dog. That's Rabbi Yochanan. He's saying, even though I ate so much, I don't feel my body is strengthened. I just feel like my stomach is filled up. So what Rabin Shmuel said, it ends up not being contradicted at all from the Mishnah. Rabin Shmuel are talking about the specific term of Muslim that's only reserved for Hamishas Mene Dagan. We're talking about whether the things fill up the stomach, Kol Hazan, and that can be accomplished with everything except for water and salt. Continues the Gemara. If a person makes a Shvua, but they're not going to eat a certain loaf of bread, you can still use it for an Eero. What's the idea? Because the itzer of the shua was only not to have benefit. Um, but but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, it was only not to eat, but it wasn't about the benefit itself. So so even though practically you can't eat it, other people could eat it, and the benefit is there, so you can, and you're allowed to have benefits, so you can make an air. So someone else could eat it, so it's a food. And in terms of the fact that you made a shua, the shua was only not to eat, but the benefit is there, so it's okay. Kikar zu alive. But if he said the kikar is also to me, which is mashma that he's offering any type of benefit from the bread, you can't make an Arab. Why? Because the Arab is allowing him to move his tongue, which is a benefit. So he's going to be 
transgressing the terms of the nether that he made. He said that the, this thing is forbidden to be a benefit, so he's going to be using it. Forget about the fact that it's food that someone, someone he could eat it, someone else could eat it. But the the the, the bottom line is, he said he cannot benefit from this key card, and he's going to have benefit by allowing him to move more because of it with the air tool. So the Gemara asks, and Rav Huna it says in the Bible, said, oh, the key someone who made that there, not that bread, he could still use an air. So my love, Amar Lai, isn't the case that he said the bread is also to me, and still it could be used with an air. Uh, we we still we still have an, we still have the idea that even where he asks the bread upon himself, uh, he still can use it for an error. What's what the reason? Why? What's the Gemara challenging? How could it be? Perhaps the answer is we have a principle we're going to learn later. Mitzvah slav lehanusnenu. Rashi says mitzvah slav lehanusnenu means that getting a mitzvah done isn't considered an act of taking hana. So getting a heter of the air of tumen from the bread maybe isn't viewed as a transgression of the nether. The nether was not to have benefit from the bread. It's not viewed as a direct benefit from the bed from the bread, the fact that you're using the bread to do a mitzvah. But we'll see more about that uh, later on, later on coming up. But at this point, the Gemara is trying to challenge that even if a person said, that the whole bread is also in benefit to him, he should still be allowed to make an Arab. So the Gemara says, low the case of the bread is someone who said this, meaning I'm not going to eat this bread. But in the Hanami, if he asked the Hanaf from the bread, then, in fact, you cannot use it for the air. It's logical that that's what the Bryce is talking about. The Tani say, because the end of the Bryce said, when is it true that the air is good? When he said that I won't taste it, meaning that he didn't answer anything else besides eating. But if he said to me, fine, so now the Gemara challenges. But if he said that the bread is also me, what would the halacha be? It sounds like we're saying that the air would not be good. But if so, the end of the bride says, the end of the bride says that if a person said, this bread is hectic, or it belongs to Hashem, then you can't use it for an Erev. You can't make an Erev with things that are hectic because they're also to everybody. No one can have benefits. It's not considered a food. It's not edible. So Livlin is, oh, why do you have to run to such a far off case where it's hectic and it's not a food to anybody? Why don't we talk about someone who's just making the nether to himself? And we should have distinguished within the split a sharper point. It's only true if he said, I'm not going to eat this bread. That's where it can be used. If I'm alive, but if he said the bread is also to me, so He's in effect offering himself on any hanaf from the bread. You can't use it for an error. Why didn't the Brysa make that distinction? So the inference we can take away is that it doesn't matter. The Brysa actually, actually was saying that um, when he says a lie, it's still okay. So it's against Rafuna. Rafuna is making a difference between someone who said whether the thing is also to benefit to me or I can't eat it. Here it seems like we don't make such a difference and we say, that no matter what, it's always kosher for him as long as he's not making a hectic that it's also to everybody. Even if he's saying it's also a benefit for him, it could still be used as an Arab. So Rafuna is contradicted here from the price. So Amalekha Rafuna, Rafuna could say, well, well, what are you trying to conclude? You're trying to conclude that you could use it for an Arab even if you said the bread's also to me, Kasha Reisha. So the Reisha is fair. Remember, we already brought a Raya to the Reisha, from the Reisha because the Reisha said that the case of the price is only where someone said, I won't eat it. If you're right, if you're right that um, that you can use an ear if even if he said, I'm not going to have any benefit from the bread, the Bryce should have said a bigger Kaddish. So it sounds like the Bryce is just an internal contradiction. On the one hand, the beginning of the Bryce implies that you can only use it for an ear if you said, it's true, I won't eat it. On the other hand, the end of the price says the only time you can't use it as an Arab is when you make it hectic to everybody, which implies if you make it just also for benefit to you, you could use it as an Arab. So something is just seem, seemingly messed up. So the Gemara says, no, no, no. 
Ravuna can't defend himself behind that because Chisura Master Katani. If you just say the mission of the Bryce was missing words, and this is what it's trying to express. I know them and you made a net without them any better from bread. You could still use it for an Arab of Filo even if he said a lie. Why is that? Because it's no different than if he had just said a shvua that I won't eat it. Just as when I make a shvua, I can't eat it. That's obvious that it works. Even if I say more, I say that the bread is also to me, I can't have any benefit from it, it could still be used. And the only case it can't be used is where someone said, this thing is hectic, so it's not a food to anybody. That's the only case that it can't be used. So the Gemara says, So now it comes out that the Kashra of Huna is strong. right? That the Bryce seems to say the only case that you can't use the bread for the Erev is the case where you ossered, where you ossered it uh, to everybody by making it hectic. But as long as it's only ossered to you, even if the terms of the isser is that it's an isser hana, it sounds like it could still be used. So the Gemara says, "Who Dhamma Rabbi Lazar? Rabbi will have to say that you're right. It's machlokas tanam, but I'm only like the Tana Rabbi Lazar. The Tana Rabbi Lazar Omer says in the Brayzer Rabbi Lazar says, If someone says, I swear that I'm not going to eat this bread, ma'arvin loba, you could still use it to make an air kikers do a lie. But if he said the bread is also to me, he's not going to have any benefit. In ma'arvin loba, so he's going like Rabbi Lazar. So it's machlokas tanam. Says the Gemara, but did Rabbi Lazar ever say that? Me and Rabbi Lazar, did Rabbi Lazar really say that about Tana? But it says in the Brayzer Zakla. This is the rule. When a person assers himself to a food, you could use for an error. But if the food is ushered to a person, what's the difference? It, it, meaning that the food is ushered behind. In the beginning, where you're just assering yourself to the food, it's ushered behind. You could. But if it's oh, but if it's ocha and that the food is becoming also the person that is also even a benefit, you can't use it. Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar says, "Kikar zuulai." If he said the bread is also to me, even benefit, still ma'avin loba, you could still use it for an erev. Kikar zu hektish, but if he said it's hektish, then no one can eat it in ma'avin loba. Then you can't be used for an erev. You can't use something that is hektish that's off limits to everybody that's consecrated. No one can use it. It's inedible. That's the only thing you can't use. So here we have a contradiction. Here, Rebbe Lezer and the Bryso is saying that even Kikar Zuolai is usable for an Erev. And before, we had the Rebbe Lezer quoting the name of Rebbe Lezer, that it's not true, that it's only good, it's only good if, um, if unless he said, if it's only good if he said, I won't eat it, but it's no good if he said, I won't have benefit for it. So the Gemara says, it must be that there's actually two different ten, different Tanoim, uh, different versions about what Rabbi Eliezer said. So there's just an internal dispute about what Rabbi Eliezer's opinion actually is. Okay, now we quote the Mishnah. So he said that a Nazar can use an Erev with wine, even though he can't drink it. But it's a food. Since it's, it's edible, other people can use it. It's fine. So Mar says, my season long Shamir mission does not like Bishama Tanya says in a bright Bishamiam says you cannot make an air to Nazi with wine or for Yisrael with Trimma because you can't Yisrael non coin any trimma. You could make an air for the Nazar with wine and for the Israel with Shrum. What you think it has to be so practical that they, this person themselves, could always eat it? I'll show you it's not true. Yeah, it's a Don't you agree? You can make an air of Tumen for an adult on air of Yom Kippur. But wait a second. You can't eat on Yom Kippur. How does the air of work? Must be. Since children can eat it, therefore it's considered a food and it's fine, even though the Gadol can't eat it. So Amulahem, Abba, Bishami said, you're right. I agree with what you're saying. So Amulahem, Bishol said, Tishim Shra'am and Gadol Yom Kippur. So the same way, this should be an analogy for us. The same way you you agree. You can use an era for an adult on Yom Kippur because the food is good for kids. You should be able to use the era for the Nazir of a wine because other people can drink it. And because the coin could eat it. Beishamai, how does Beishamai argue on that? It seems like an amazing analogy. They say, Hasan, because they really like, Yom, in the case of Yom Kippur, 
the Erev is a meal for that person before Yom Kippur. It's good on Erev Yom Kippur. In the case of Nazar and, and Truma, it's not, there's no, there's no food that's usable, even Miba'od Yom. Now, what is the idea of the Gemara? Who cares if it's Rai Miba'od Yom? It should have to be Rai on Shabbos, no? Isn't the Erev to eat on Shabbos? The idea we're going to see later is that there's a as when the Erev takes effect, when the Erev is Chal. But it, it might be at the end of Friday, or it might be at the beginning of Shabbos. The difference is because we have Bein Ashmashal. So if Beishamay holds that the Erev take goes into effect and the, at the end of Friday, then it makes a lot of sense what the Gemara is saying. As long as the meal is, is causing me on, at, at the end of Friday, that's when the Erev goes into effect. We don't care that it's not right on Shabbos. In the case of Yom Kippur, it's fine because at the end of Erev Yom Kippur, it's, a, it's food that's suitable. Mashiach in here with the Nazar, with the Nazar with wine, at the end of Friday, it's not suitable. And that's why Beishamay is saying it's no good. Okay, now, that b'risa, where B'Shamay was saying that you could use an air, at least with food, as long as it's suitable, it's not like Hananya, because Hananya has a more extreme version of what B'Shamay said. The Tanya, Hananya, Omar Hananya says in the b'risa, B'Shamay wouldn't let themselves do it, they wouldn't hold an air of his good, and a person takes out, mitaso is bad, of all his utensils. In other words, the idea of making a dira in a new place, B'Shamay says it's not enough just to put some food there. You actually have to be living there. You have to put all the stuff that you're going to need into the place that you want to make. You want to establish residence. So that's a much more extreme version of Beishamah. It didn't look like the bride that said like it. looked like the bride was just saying that Beishamah held you could use food, just it has to be food that's really suitable. This version, Hananiah's version, is that Beishamah says in order to establish Dira, it has to be totally, totally the place where you're living with all your stuff there. Okay. Um... And the Gemara says, the bride says, like, hey, come on, I was like, Tana, who's the, whose opinion is the following bride to go? Like, here, Bashkar, if a person's making an Arab uh, yeah. while he was wearing black clothing, he can't go out on Shabbos while he's wearing white clothing. If you made the Arab with white clothing, he can't go out uh, with black clothing. So, come on, who is this like? Uh, come on, because we're going like Hananya according to Beishamai. So you have to actually have all your stuff there. But the Gemara is like, still, what, what, what exactly does that mean? The point is, is that you have to have all your clothing. So if you need more clothing, it's not going to work. So the Gemara now clarifies. If it only black clothing, he's not allowed to go out, but the white clothing, he could. You have to have everything there. So what's going on? What's the idea? If you need to bring everything you need, and you only brought one, one of your clothing, and you needed the other one, why should, why should it be good with the one that you did use? If you need both, you need both, so it shouldn't be good at all. So the Gemara explains what we mean. The air of wearing white clothing, and on Shabbos he needed the black clothing, which wasn't there. Then you can't go out at all because you didn't have all your stuff there. Come on, you need all the clothing you're planning on wearing on Shabbos there. So the point is, you have to have whatever you expect that you're going to be using. That's what you need. So it comes out. Then we really have different opinions. The most extreme opinion, obviously, is this Beishamai in Hananiah's view, that you have to have every single thing that you're going to need for Shabbos there in order to establish residence. And then we have the more uh, the more lenient view of Beishamai, which is you don't have to have all your clothing, but you have to have food, and the food, which is literally something you're going to be able to use. Uh, you can't have you can't have something that's forbidden to you. And then we have Basil's opinion that even if the food is not suitable for you, as long as it's still food that other people would eat, that's okay. And then we have to see... Uh, an opinion that's in the middle, which was mentioned in the Mishnah. Simcha says that the Erev for a non-Kohen is only good for uh, chulin, non, non-Trima food. So the, the Gemara makes an implication. It doesn't sound like he argued in the case of the Nazar with the wine. Right? We had a Machlokas B'Sham about both cases, the Nazar with the wine and the, and the non-Kohen with Trima. Simcha is coming along and arguing 
on Basilo in the on he's holding like Bishamai that he that that um non Kohen has to only use Kula Natrama, but he's not saying that it, that another can't use wine. So my timer, what's the what's the what's the how do you use one split that? The two issues using another using wine and a, and a non coin using trimmer should be the same issue. So the Kamar explains, actually to miss on his say Nazir is different because he could be showal on his Nazirs. You could go to a Chacham and that's a halacha. Since it comes about through Nazir, he could take away the vow. And then that would be modern to drink wine. So Bashimchas is saying there's a you may not be mother to drink wine now, but there's a potential hetter. And since there's a potential out there, the potential out there is enough. So by Truma, we're going to see there's no potential. Let's see why in a second. So there's no potential. So therefore, it's no good. Mashiach in the Nazi, that there's potential, it's okay. So that's how we really get now an opinion that's in the middle. It doesn't have to be necessarily be practically right now mutter, but it has to be at least theoretically possible. So that's in between Bisham and Bisho. So the Mar says, but Truma also, can't you also be shol on Truma? Truma is also a view of a, of a hectish where you're like designating it. So theoretically, you could go to a Chacham and take away your designation of the Truma. You can do such a thing. It's an interesting idea that a person could do that. It's like a, a, a form of a vow when a person is, is declaring something to be Truma. So why can't he do that? So the Gemara says, because it's not going to help. Even if he does it, he took away the trema. What does it refer back to? Tevel. Tevel is something that you can't eat. So the air would still be no good. So the Gemara says, no, there's still a way to fix it because after the trema is taken away, so now what is it? It's Tevel, but you can be set aside trema for the air from another place. So, so since you could set aside truma from another place, that would be mod to this food. So it is theoretically possible to make this food mutter. So the Mar says that's not a good solution. Because don't take off unless it's right next to each other. That's the halacha. You're not supposed to take off truma from one location to potter other grain in another location. You're not supposed to do that. So it's not possible. We're not going to assume that the person will take off from another place. Ah, it says, but you could still make it. Your first, take away the trimmer status, and now it will become tamil. And then just take off a portion of it as trimmer. So the Gemara says, the less Bashir, we have to say that there wasn't enough there. If a person was going to take off the trimmer, there wouldn't be enough of mazon, of mazon shte sudos that would be left. There wasn't enough for both. You don't have mazon shte sudos and enough for trimmer. Samara so says, my Pasca, like, how can we decide it based on that? Like, what's this exact split? There was enough exactly Muslim Shesus, but not enough for Trima. Like, why is the kind of talking about a case, such a particular case? It was only perfectly Muslim Shesus, and if you take off Trima, there wouldn't be enough. That sounds like a very forced thing to say. So the Gemara answer is that there's really a simple issue here. Remember, a person's not allowed to take off Trimos on Shabbos. Why a person can't take off Trima on Shabbos? Because Durabana, it's like you're fixing the thing. It's like a form of tikkun midrabanan. So really, our whole question, what really wasn't so good, right? What was the whole thing? That you could be show on the on the, on the the nether of trimah, or we revert back to being tavel, and then you'll be mafresh trimah. I mean, that's also to do. You're not allowed to be mafresh trimah, but the pshah, what the Gemara was going until now, is that the Gemara assumes that you could do it during Ben Hashemashas. When the Arab was trying to be chal, right at the beginning of Shabbos, you could do Durabanan during Ben Hashemashas for a mitzvah. So since taking off the trim was only Durabanan, the Gemara assumes you could do that. So the Gemara now explains that no, actually you can't. Some close to Amal Arok, Durabanan, Da'ami, Koshim, Shemshot, Gozula, Ben Hashemashas. Those like Durabanan, that anything that's also Durabanan is also during Ben Hashemashas as well. So it's, therefore, it's, it's not practical to take to, to make something trimmer during Benash Mashos because of the Isser, because of the Isser Durabana. So since it's not practical to make it uh, to make it trimmer, now Benash Mashos so practically we have no way of fixing this. So right now it's trimmer. How are you how are you gonna make it mutter? You're gonna be show on the trimmer 
And then what? It's still going to be also, it's going to be Tevel. And it's also to make Truma on Shabbos. And therefore, practically, we have no solution for how we're going to be matter this thing. So that's why it doesn't even have the potential to become mutter. So the non-Kohen cannot use it for the Erev. In the case of the wine with the Nazar, since at least the potential is there to get a Heter, it could, in fact, uh, be used. Okay. Says, so we come up with, again, many, many different opinions here. The most extreme opinion, Beishamai, uh, according to Hanan, is that a person has to take out all his stuff. The less extreme person of Beisham, it has to be, it could be food, but food that's totally suitable for you. We have Beisham's opinion, the most lean you could use anything as long as it is food, even if it's not suitable for you. And the, in the middle, some are saying that it has to have the potential to become suitable on Shabbos. Kaman Hadatan, whose opinions is following Mishnah Kola. Yesha Amru, there are times that they say, everything, the shiur and measurements are all according to each individual. There's no set amount. Everything is according to each person. Below comes so like a Kohen who takes off a Kamitza from Mincha. So Kamitza is the the little, the little, um, how much fits into a person's fingers? How much fits into a person's fingers? It, it varies from person to person. And below Chafna, the handfuls of Ketores that the the, the Kohen Gadol brings in Yom Kippur. So how much is the how much is the Ketores? So it's saying that um, how much is the Ketores? So he takes a handful. So it depends how big each, how big each particular Kohen Gadol's hands are. How much do, a mouthful of drinking on Yom Kippur? On Yom Kippur, a person's not allowed to drink to satiate themselves, to make them feel better. So with drinks, we say that's a malolokma, the mouths that fills their cheeks. So that varies from person to person. Each person's cheeks are different. Again, depending on the, on the size of a person's cheeks, that's how much they're high for. When Bosnian Shesu is there, and the food for two meals for an Arab, it's also determined by each specific person how much they eat. So come on, who is that going with? Why is it, why are we saying here that in this in this Mishnah that you need uh, that that the Muslim of Shesudas is determined like practically from person to person. Why is it like that? Because we're going like some clothes that we would that opinion we were just talking about that remind the Khazabin. It has to be suitable for the person making the Arab. So some clothes the same ways and you can't use the truma for Yisrael. So he would say you can't make an Arab the size of two meals unless that amount was good enough for the actual person who was eating it. That's the idea of some clothes that it has to be extremely practical that this is good for the person who's eating it. But according to the to Basila, that doesn't require that. He just says it is food. So then it wouldn't have to be the size, of, particularly of the person, for the person actually making the Arab. It would be enough that it is Muslim or Shesuzas, even though for this particular person who's making it, they may have required more. So says the Gemara, that mission, which was saying that the two mils of the Arab have to be big enough for the person actually making the Arab. Lema Pliga, the Shimon Lazar should dispute with Shimon Lazar, time Shimon Lazar, Omer, Ma'arvin the Cholos, I can give Amazono. For a sick or older person who eats less, they can use a smaller amount of food, just the amount that they themselves personally would eat. Well, the Rabbin, for a person who usually eats more than normal, he doesn't have to make, we're also leaning, we don't, we don't say he has to make a full-size air for how much he practically eats. But we say, the average meal of most people. So the first part of the bride saw that the air could just be for that particular person, for that particular person or the old or sick person. That's good. But the end of the mission of that for a person who eats a lot more, he has to use, he doesn't have to use how much he usually eats, but uh, he could use the norm. It sounds like how much most people eat. That sounds like what Shemilazar is going against what the mission said. The mission was saying, and we said the mission is like Sumchas, that it's determined from each person. Here we're saying it's not that the person who eats a lot can usually use, can use what most people usually use. The Gemara explains, Tergama, when the Mishnah said that, that Muslim Shesudas varies from person to person, and it was only meant to express for a sick or older person that in that halacha, they don't have to use what most people eat Muslim Shesudas. They could use what they particularly eat. But in the other way around, the inverse, if it's a person who usually eats more, he actually doesn't have to eat 
he doesn't have to use an Erev that's big enough for him because it's not considered, it's considered a strange thing to eat more than most people. And therefore, it's his das is such a big appetite, it's considered out of the norm. And therefore, he could get away with an average person's Erev. So we're saying at the end, that Simchas may agree to that, uh, may agree to that point. And the point that Muslim states to the Arab that a vacillates from person to person was only meant to express a leniency that the uh, that an older person could use a smaller amount. Then the Mishnah said, "Coin of that the Arab could be put for a coin in a base of process. Base of process again is a place where the 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 uh, a dead body was buried." And then it was plowed over, so we're concerned that certain bone fragments are now scattered across the field. So what's the shot? How are you going to go get the Arab? So 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 a coin's not allowed to go there. So if it's really now that we're a little bit more sophisticated, it really depends which town you're going. Coin coins based on we don't care because since it's food, the Israel could go. That's fine. But if according to some class has to be able to potentially be mutter, how's it going to be mutter? So the Gemara explains. Even a coin could blow on the ground in front of him as he walks through. So the whole concern is that there's bone fragments there. So we're saying that it's okay. Uh, because we're concerned that right, was, there was some loose dirt or something that was covering it. So you blow, you blow, and then it will expose any bone fragments that are lying that are lying on top of there. If it was trampled on by so many people, it becomes tar, because we assume that it's totally crushed by it. After so many people walk through, we assume it's crushed, so at a certain point, it will be okay. So therefore, halacha is that even a coin can use even a coin can use a base of process, a location for his Erev, because it's not a problem. It's theoretically possible for the coin to access the Erev on Shabbos.